Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, Gompies, and welcome to 100% Hits Volume Pod, the podcast that looks at the greatest compilation series this country has ever produced. The 100% Hits compilation series. My name is Josh Earl, and joining me this week, first time to podcast, I'm very, very excited. Please welcome into your ears, into your hearts, it's Nikki Britton, everyone. Yay. Hello. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I, this was organized while I was quite drunk at a wedding. Um, yeah. You, well, let's talk about the wedding. We went to a wedding. I saw we you at the wedding. wedding. It was lovely to see you, Nikki. It was so good to see you. It's that funny thing, you know, because I live in Sydney, you live in Melbourne, but we obviously yep. share a, a a rich history of being in the same industry and seeing each other all over the place. And you just, gosh, you know, when you see someone and it's just like a tr- like a real bloody treat. Well, That's what it was like to see you. I, I wasn't sure if you'd be there and then when you were there, oh. It was fun. Like it's like when you bite into a sandwich that you think is just like ham. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, this has got cheese and mustard. This is a yeah. whole delight in I, here. I am the cheese and the mustard of, uh, of Australian comedy. Um, Australian comedy. This is what's weird about that wedding. So it was Reese Nicholson and Kyron Wheatley's wedding. Both have been yeah. uh, guests on this show. So I know a lot of the Sydney comedians via doing my old podcast, Don't You Know Who I Am, through lockdown. Yeah. So I've never actually met a few of them face to face. Oh, really? So Hum, Michael Hing's yep. lovely wife, had been on the podcast twice. I'd never met her. I'd never seen her face to face. It was it was great. That's so funny. Yeah. Do you know what? I don't think I saw her face to face at the wedding. Uh, it was it was such a very well attended wedding that there. I remember walking around talking to people and having the best conversations. And also not in a gross, like, looking over your shoulder, who's better to talk to way. Yeah. But in a genuine, like, there's so many people I want to catch up with here and I, I, I can't leave this wonderful conversation to move on to another. But I, I just had to, I mean, I love Hum, but yeah, she fell by the way. So. Well, I was talking to Daniel Sloss for quite some time and mm. then sidled up with his uh, wife and very nicely said to Sloss, just want to say, um, well done on standing up to Russell Brand, and that's amazing. Mm. And and I don't think Sloss was – he was happy to talk about it, but I don't think he was ready to talk about it at a wedding. And it was – you know, I love – he's a great guy, and I don't think he was prepared for the emotional uh, debriefing that he got off the back of that oh. thing where Daniel oh. was like, it's been, it's been a week. It's been a week, and I'm going to let you know all about this week. And so, yeah. Oh, wow. So yeah. just it all came out then, like all of the pressure and the – Yeah. And not awkwardness. I mean bravery, but also what a situation. When yeah. You, I, I'm sure this is not – this is not the pod. This is not what we're talking about. <laughs> but as for – Gosh, what a shining light, what a, a man who stepped 
forward and did the right thing when yeah. no one else in the British industry seemed to be forthcoming doing well, that. Well, as he very, very uh, emotionally said, he did the bare minimum. Yes. There were, other, there were other people who could have stepped up and didn't, and he went through all the names of people who were asked to do the documentary before him who said no because they had their own skeletons in the closet that they didn't want getting out. So oh, there you go. You know, I just there's, there's very few industries that it's so great to be a woman in, you know, <laughs> and I just lucky we're all just so lucky <laughs> well from comedy to the music industry which i'm sure women were treated fine in the in the music yeah, industry. yeah i'm pretty sure all women in music were yeah. paid the same as men and they had no yeah. no yeah. problems with any kind of lechery nah it's golden <laughs> hey we're talking songs from spring of 2001 so we did the first half last week we're doing the second half today 2001 i know 9-11 happened but where yes. were you? Where were you in 2001? Were you living in Sydney? I was living in Sydney. I was very busy disappointing my parents. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd graduated high school the year before. Yep. And 2001 was my first year. I, I got into uh, quite a, um, I, I got into medicine at uni and I decided not to do that because I wanted to be an out of work actor for the rest of my life. And that went down as well as you can imagine. Uh, but <laughs> I decided that I was going to meet them halfway and do a massage degree because it's kind of medical, but yeah. it's also kind of showbiz in that, sure, it's everything we're talking about. I thought you were going to say I ended up being a clown doctor. That would have been halfway, I think. Well, I, di- I did end up doing that, funnily oh, enough, for 13 years later later on. But I... um. I did, yeah, I started doing a diploma in massage therapy at, I was 17 when I started it, turned 18 doing it, and it was populated by some pretty pretty lecherous sort of 50-year-old white guys who were, like, looking for a, a professional reason to touch women. Mm. Look, I shouldn't say that I shouldn't wash the whole class with that brush, but... I, I remember feeling deeply uncomfortable and not having the language to talk about why yeah. at the time. Anyway, again, my parents were disappointing me, weren't they, by allowing me <laughs> to rock up to this hippie school and do bloody massage. But that is uh, that is what I was doing. I was also working in a sandwich shop, a little nice. deli, to um, put some money aside to travel, do my very first international trip, with uh, six of my other mates, again, what were our parents thinking? Because we, I mean, at the end of 2001, we went to Canada. It was winter, December. We bought a van for about 1500 Canadian dollars. It didn't have a demister. And we no. thought, fine, we don't <laughs> need a demister. What, what are you talking about? Um, But in... In Australia, when you get a misty windscreen, you get a misty windscreen. In Canada, when you get a misty windscreen in the middle of winter, yeah. that turns immediately to ice. <laughs> so, so, at least did you know not to put hot water on it and put cold water on it? We did not even know to put oh, water okay. on it. Oh. We took it in turns for one of us to hang out the side of the van with a credit card to chip the ice off so the driver could, like, heave themselves to the centre of the windscreen to look out the middle and, you know, the arm of the passenger that was reaching around would just reach far enough to chip the ice off with a credit card. And that's how we drove from uh, Banff 
to Calgary. All right, here's a question. What were you listening to in the car? Do you remember, were there any, like, CDs or tapes that were just flogged to death? Look, to be honest, this was a heavy Avril Lavigne phase, and I don't know if it's because she was from Canada, but um, I can't remember what the album was called. It was the, like, it was the Skater Boy. It was the... Complicated. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was called that. Was it called that? I don't know. I think, but she definitely had It's Complicated Let It Go or something, Let It Be. I don't know, yeah. Why do you have to go and make things so complicated? Absolutely. That's uh, That was on there. Yeah, We were listening to that a lot. All right. So what we're going to do now, we're going to crack into side B. So we've just come off side A with, with Atomic Kitten was the last thing we heard. Oh. Now we're going. I mean, Josh L, I love you, but you bastard. Side B. <laughs> we all know. We all know on a hot, fresh, best hit of the whatevers. But maybe the first four on side B are okay. And then we all know they've I, look, lost. I reckon could be the best song on this on this side of any of any of the compilations so far well, is coming I'll be up. I'll the judge of that. I will but be the judge of that. But it's not this one. But this one is still fine. <laughs> this is Australian band, still going strong. At this stage, they're oh. a two-piece. Uh, it was Nick Littlemore and Peter Mays. They call themselves Panau, and this is their single called Follow Me. Here we go. when we were in Canada, I definitely, like, that was playing in Ibiza or or somewhere where the, the cool kids were. Yep. Um, in the Euro summer. But you're we listening were... to Avril Lavigne and Nickelback going, oh, we're so yeah. Canadian. <laughs> in Calgary. The so, coolest place on earth. So Penal, okay, this is how they met. So the two, they're two friends. They met at yeah. age 10, but they became friends at 13 because they would sneak out and go to raves in Sydney. At 13. At 13. Oh, my god. Because you grew up in Sydney. Was that ever an option at 13 with your friends sneaking out? I mean, look, no, this is a lie. I was so – my parents – have you ever watched Absolutely Fabulous? The TV show, yes. The TV show? Yeah. So so I was sort of the saffy to my mum who was sort of a Patsy, Adina – yeah. type and so I think my myself I, I was constantly looking for some sense of stability and overachievement um to balance out that dynamic so if I was offered to go to a rave I probably wouldn't have but my very good mates definitely would have 13 
15 is young, though. Yeah. I reckon definitely 15. Um, but 13, I'm not sure. Oh gosh, I'm not sure we were we we would have even figured out the public transport enough to be able to get yeah. into the city. Well, I was to do that. This going, we, what kind of rave had thirteen year olds there? It's, it's not a very cool rave if you got thirteen year olds hanging out. That's also true. Yeah, what does it say about your rave? Yeah. And were they dressing up? And were they? Oh, I'm worried for them. You I'm can't, actually you can't sneak out in fluoro. Okay, you've got to be wearing dark colours to sneak out. That's absolutely true. Take a bag, have your fluoro, have your like your your fluffy Muppet kind of outfit in the bag. Also change, change at the train station. Yeah, this is so vanilla of me. In my head, they they, they were day raves. Okay. Why Sing did I out. think they were day raves? In my uh, head, I was like, I couldn't have done that. I was at school. No idiot. They happened at night. God, I'm boring. So in their in their mid teens, they formed the band Panau and they released their first self produced album called Fractal Geometric Spaces Made of Light. Now I don't have to hear a second of that to tell you that that sounds like it would be dog shit. <laughs> it's so it's it's like it's oh it's not even fun if it's ironic. Yeah, like it's actually just no. Absolutely not. It's like going like Prism. Yeah. You know, what I mean? like Prism's co- good on you, Katy Perry. But like Prism, that's what they're saying, but they've used far too many words. Yeah. Less is more. Yeah. Economy of words. We know that from Less comedy. is more. I was going to say, you and I, yeah. comedy, economy of words is very important. Um, That has made them sound so uncool. Any credibility they had from sneaking out at 13, they've lost in the title of the first album. Well, then they released their first actually label album, so on a major label. It was called Samba Nova, but the record, that was released in 99, but it was pulled from the record stores because the boys were a little bit naive and they didn't clear their samples and they reckon it cost them about $300,000. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So this song is... is, It's a trap for young players. Yeah. This song is uh, from the third edition of that album. So the first one got pulled. The second one, they cleared the samples, also went, let's do another version. This was the, the lead song from that uh, version. It went to number 65 in the ARIA charts. The album won uh, the ARIA for best dance release, and they've won that three times, this band, once in 2000, once in 2017, and once in 2018. So that's, that's it just shows you longevity. It's good. pays off. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. They're Elton John's favourite band. He's a huge Pinal fan. Uh, he Yeah, and he – because he heard him in 2007 when they had their song Wild Strawberries and mm. then signed them to his UK label. And then the band got Elton their last – or his last number one song with that Cold Heart with Dua Lipa. Oh, he's – of course. Yeah. That is so, Pinal. Yeah, so I Pinal mean, still going strong. Good on you guys. I'm, yeah. I, I retract anything I said that was negative. All right, well, let's leave your negativity for this next song. This is the title song from her second solo album. And can I just say the backlash for the Spice Girls was on big time here. This is Jerry Halliwell and her song, Scream If You Want to Go Faster.
can I say? Not that bad. Yes. Not that bad a song. It's funny how you can hear influences. Like that's got the little that is in Madonna's um, Beautiful Stranger. Yep. In uh, for like it's the whole Austin Powers era here, right? Yes, it very much is. They're all influencing each other. Probably had the same producer. Well, this is off the back of um, It's Raining Men, her huge song. I mean, the cover, yes. but it was huge from Bridget Jones' Diary. But and that so, was originally what, Sisters? The, the, not Sisters, Sisters. No, it was the Weather, weather Girls. Raining Sisters? It or the was, Weather Girls? <laughs> that checks yeah. out. Yep. I think it was the Weather Girls. I do everyone, everyone will correct me in the comments. That's fine. But okay. So like I said, the backlash was on. So I don't think this is that bad a song. I'm not saying it's a great song, but it's not that bad. But Enemy right. just mm. went to town on it. Okay. So they gave the album yeah. one out of 10 and they said <gasps> it was a sound of crisis spice arriving back in the pop climate she would have dominated after Schizophonic, which was her first album. And that Hollywood would never get it right, which for a while, like Sarah Ferguson, like Fergie, was part of her pathetic charm. Now she doesn't have a clue <gasps> anymore. In an attempt to be a 21st century pop Liza Minnelli, she's bypassed the interesting stuff and gone straight for her very own Muppets in Manhattan. Like, this is oh. a, a brutal review. And then of this song, this is what they said about this song in particular. This is not singing, but the sound a seal makes when you run over its stomach in a Land Rover. She is living proof that there is no magic machine in the studio that makes bad voices sound good. This is lyric writing courtesy of Magnetic Poetry Kit. It's what happens when you apply the William Burroughs cut-up technique to self-help manuals. Like, I've I've had some some negative reviews in the past. Nothing as bad as this. This is just mean. I mean, I feel like that is kind of, um, that person now is very active on social media. That is the kind of vitriol that, Really is reserved for someone who has an axe to grind that is far bigger than Jerry, Jerry Halliwell's yeah. album. You know what well, I mean? I feel like when the Spice Girls came out and they took girl power to whole a whole new level, there were and I'm I'm going to hazard a guess this was a male reviewer. Yeah, Christian Ward was his name. Yep, hello Christian. Shout out to you and your men's group. But <laughs> uh, there was such a, uh, a like a backlash in so many ways. I think. They, Spice Girls were on top for so long, and yeah. when someone's on top, it give, apparently gives everyone license to tear them down. And when they get the chance, like when they disbanded, Cherry was just trying to do her best. She had bulimia. She yes. was like she was doing what she could. And well, then this, she wrote this song on the first day of her bulimia recovery. This was something that she was like, wow. "I'm going to write something that's going to motivate me. Let's let's do this." Her friend Robbie Williams had said, hey, yeah. write, write songs that you want to perform live. What are you listening to? What do you think's fun? And she goes, I've been listening to lots of Led Zeppelin. He goes, great, go out there and write a song that sounds like Led, Led Zeppelin. This is what she produced, her, her oh. attempt at Led Zeppelin. Okay, well, <laughs> not, I mean, that, that backstory doesn't benefit her no. case here. But, I mean, oh, God, what a terrifying world. Those, they, how young were the Spice Girls when they came to fame? Uh, they were like, all, I think uh, Baby Spice was the youngest. I think she was still in her teens and then the rest were in their early 20s. Oh, my. Just brutal. Yeah. Just brutal. I mean, when we look back on a review like that now and yeah. put all of those pieces together, I hope that we can that we can just be a little gentler to Jerry. Well, this song did well in Italy. It got the top 10 in Italy, 
Although she went there in July of 2001 to like promote it and performed at a fashion event at Donna Soto La Stella. And halfway through the performance, she jumped into a fountain on the Spanish steps and it angered the locals and the Italian police. Cause, <laughs> and she was fined 320 pounds because it's an offence to jump oh, no. into city fountains. Oh, and no. um, Halliwell responded by saying, but the Italians said I could do it. So, yeah. Oh, Jerry. Poor Jerry. I mean, they'd had such a kind of, um, I mean, I'm not saying it was easy all of the time, but they shot to fame so high, so fast. Oh, you yeah. would just feel untouchable, wouldn't you? Well, this is you how know, far. What's this is how fine? Far... I'll just jump in the fountain. Yes. So this album that this is from, in its first week, sold 9,000 copies, which today sounds great. Back then, not that great. In the whole year, it sold 22,000 copies. And compare that to the Spice Girls' first album. In its first week in the UK, it sold 115,000 copies. Mm. And then of all, it, they're saying it sold 32 million copies of all time, in all time. So, you know, it's, it's no Spice yeah, Girls. But nothing was – you can't just keep going up and up and up. No. And you absolutely industry. can't. All right. No. Someone who didn't go up and up and up is our next act, okay? This is – Uh-oh. She's she's from Canada. This is, she, she, you could have oh, been bumping okay. into her. Uh, okay. I think I think at the time she was in Italy though, because she's uh, she moved there after um, she grew up in Canada. This is Serena Paris and her song "Look at Us." Okay. What's the other song that it's exactly the same as? <laughs> this is all I'm doing, Josh. I'm just like yeah. drawing comparisons. Unhappy. All right, I'll turn off there. <laughs> Not a big fan of Serena. That is, I mean, in a, in a, like, I think that there are certain people that that would be quite soothing to. Yep. But the absolute lack of anything there, any. <laughs> well, this is her biggest. This is her biggest hit, but it wasn't oh, really a hit. Sweetheart, no, I can't imagine it no. was. No. Made it as a compilation, but basically. Yes, exactly. That was it. So she was discovered. So she. Discovered? How do you discover someone like that who's just going, literally the same note? Well, her mother sadly died. And so her father moved them back to Italy where he grew up. And so, and then she entered a singing competition, and that's where she was discovered. Okay. But as they were making the album, this is what she said she wanted to do. She goes, I don't want it to be too intellectual. I just want to make music to make you happy. And to make you feel good. And so this is what she did. She had her 14-year-old niece in the recording studio with, you know, with her. And she goes, do you like this bit? If, if you don't like it, tell me and I'll cut it. And every, anything that the 14-year-old niece didn't like, out it went. And so the record, its target demographic was women aged between 12 and 25. That's all she wanted to appeal to. 
I'm just turned 26, so that's why yeah. I... <laughs> hey, don't laugh so hard at that. Um, yeah. Oh, th- that's what I mean. I reckon there are people that would love it, like that it would actually be quite comforting too. And so I don't want to rip it a new asshole completely, but... um. It, it, it's ironic that she said she wants to make people happy and the first thing I said was, this makes me deeply unhappy. <laughs> well, she's still performing. Good on you. Her, okay, la- cool. her last tour was supporting LaToya Jackson. What? Yeah. I mean, also, LaToya's not the... No. And all full, full love to LaToya, but you know, she's not Janet. No, she's not she, Janet. No, no. She's, not even, she's not even Tito, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> but I looked her up on Instagram. And what is she doing on Instagram? Mainly posting about Jesus. Uh, she's okay. re- She really loves the Catholic Church. And her Insta bio reads, uh, I think it's a little bit weird that I talk so much about Jesus on social media. What can I say? He's my BFF. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, well, it, it, that's good. That's good yeah. that you can. They say that you, if you can count your BFFs on one hand and you just doing really well and j-ball he's there number one good on yep. you um also i think that this song is actually it it does to me remind me of some kind of him religious kind of him just sped up ah. so that that makes a lot of sense you know sort of like an almost a yeah. chance I'll slow, I'll slow it down when i edit i'll slow it down yeah. see if i can yeah hear please it. do it all right we're gonna move please on uh back to the uk first i'm on the pod and according to Spotify, this is their most popular song, although I would have went with At The River, but no, this beats it by over 80 million plays. This is Groove Armada and their song, Super Stylin'. Enter in the dance, plug it in and we begin. Crowd up in the centre, they watch me dividim. Watch the way we drop it in a mix time. It rise and amplifying when we come in with the swing. Just following the back and naturally. And it goes on for another four and a half minutes. Yeah, so, it does. It yeah. does. Um, it is a song that best listened to when you have full movement of your body, like you're not sitting yeah. down doing a podcast, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. So yeah. these guys, so it's uh, Andy Cato, Tom Finlay, they start. They are Groove Amata. Uh, they started off, they met at school, again, another two guys who met at school, and then they started a club night in London called Captain Central at the helm of the Groove Armada which was oh. a, a, a disco in the 70s. That's what it was. Yeah. So they just took right. their name. And so then for the band, they just shortened it to Groove Amada. So they were just DJs there and then they started doing their own stuff. This is from their album Goodbye Country, Hello Nightclub, which was nominated for a Grammy for uh, Best Dance Release. So this is, what, this is what they're doing now. So they just last year they did their big uh, final ever live shows um, in Australia. They're big in Australia. Uh, mm-hmm. So Andy, very tall man. He's like six foot eight. He, he like we talked about Montel Jordan being the tallest man in pop. I think Andy Cato might be as tall as him. Yeah, he's a farmer now. He is he. He bought a he sold he sold the rights to his uh like catalog of the songs his rights and bought a farm. How much 
in do France. You reckon, how much do you reckon that brought in? Well, he's got um, at the river this. He's got uh, what's that song? I see you, baby, shaking that ass. Shaking, shaking that, that ass. ass. Yeah, that that was played a lot. At the river has been <laughs> like on every chill out compilation. That's true. That's ever, that's ever been put together, and I think that now do it. It's now in ads in the UK, but I don't think he has the right. He, he's not getting any money off that. Whereas the wow. other guy kept his retained his. He's yes. getting some coin. Um, well, I reckon. I reckon he would have at least had a good, a cool couple of mil. Well, enough to buy a hundred acres in France, and he's a farmer. What area of France do we know? I don't know. I'm going to say south of France because I I okay. just think that's where the farmland is. I don't think. Okay. I don't think it was too much in the, in the city. Um, but he, he won a major French farming award for his organic crops. So What's all, he growing? Just vegetables. He's all about organics. He watched a documentary about how uh, pesticides are affecting us as humans. And so it's like, I, I can't eat like this. We can't live like this. So I'm going to – he shipped up the whole family and they moved to France. And now he sold that farm and now he has a new farm in the Cotswolds. Have you ever been to the Cotswolds? I actually was there last year. It's beautiful. Well, I mean, one of the most quaint and adorable places I've ever been. Yeah. So he's he's brought up a big farm there. Uh, what, then- Josh Earl? When I was at the Cotswolds, I was driving from the Lakes District down to London and we stopped at the Cotswolds for one night. And on our way out of town, we went to a, it's like a farmer's collective market. So all of the farmers from the local areas brought their produce and it was absolutely exquisite. Like I'm a big farmer's market girl at the best of times, but there was just creamed honey that would knock your socks off. Like it was, oh, but they had everything. Now, I remember seeing a particularly tall man when I was there. Amazing. Do you think? Actually, the link of Grifomata to this podcast is not just a song think, from Mucha. I think. I think you saw Andy Cato. I think you I think I saw, saw the world's tallest farmer because that checks out because in France he set up a little collective of farmers <gasps> where they would, like, sell their produce. So I'm sure he's moved to the Cotswolds. He's done the same thing. Oh, truly. And this was, I'm not joking, this was fancy as hell. It was real fancy. And he was hanging out near the organic strawberries. So I'm go. prepared to put money in. So that's Andy. Now, Tom, the other member of the band, once yeah. once COVID hit, he, because he was trained as a behavioural therapist, he's now a behavioural therapist in London. He works three days a week, takes the rest of the time to make music and go tour the world and DJ. These guys, can I just say, are doing it right. They are- They've done it. <laughs> They've absolutely done it right. They've done it so right. So hang on. So Groove Armada is no more. As Groove Armada, they're not going to release anything. Well... They say they did a big final ever tour, but that doesn't mean anything these days. Like yeah. everyone comes back and does extra shows. Like absolutely. Once Shout once, out to John Farnham. I yeah, mean, enough nostalgia k- kicks in. Ten more years, I'll go. All right, we'll do a ten year anniversary of our final ever shows. They'll do that. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, they really are doing it right. You know, you've given the people music, and now you're giving back to the grassroots level community. Yeah. Oh, I love it. All right, let's go back to Australia now. This is okay. another first time at the podcast. He goes by the name Sergeant Slick, and this is his song, Let It Ride. Okay. Let it 
So many of the songs from that period sound like each other. Yeah. Yeah. When you hear them now, and that has, um, I loved that song. Oh, that's good. It's really good. I, I didn't, I had, I don't think I'd ever heard it. And then I, the chorus came in. I remember it being either on Rage or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 So this, uh, Sergeant Slick, real name Andy Ramanowskis. In 2001, he was already an ARIA award-winning musician because he won uh, the best dance release in 1998 for his uh, song White Treble, Black Bass, which is a reference to uh, the movie White Man Can't Jump. Uh, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson have an argument about don't touch another man's radio. No, don't touch a black man's radio, uh, Wesley Snipes says, because cause he goes, white guys always put the treble up too much. We like it. We like black men like bass. Are you right? Yeah. Uh, so this song was nominated for Best Dance Release. It didn't stand a chance because it came out the same year as The Avalanches since I left you. So sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry, anyone in the dance world. You weren't winning that year. Uh, but <laughs> um, it does sound, you said it sounds like other songs. When I first heard it, I thought yeah. like, it has a real Madison Avenue sound to it. Yeah. And then I looked and who one of the co-writers was, Shane Coates, the lead singer of Madison Avenue. She no also does, way. She also does the backing vocals on it. So, okay, yeah, I think that. Uh, I mean, Sophia Ellis Baxter earlier that I said murder on the dance floor. It's they are uh, Madison Avenue and Sophia Ellis Baxter always for some reason cross over in my head. Yeah. So do um. Oh my god, this is going to be embarrassing. Sigourney Weaver and Susan Sarandon. Okay. Like yep. I in in my head, I can't picture. I can't identify those faces from each other, weirdly. They both, like, blend in. And that's like Madison Avenue and Sophia Lispector in my head. This is a long way to say, yeah, I think it, if Madison Avenue is the sperm and Sophia Lispector is the egg and they have basically fertilised 2001 yes. with their sound, pretty much everyone has a little bit of a taste of both of those. It's so You bring up Susan Sarandon. I watched... Uh, uh... Comedy special the other day by a guy called Brian Bowers or Byron Bowers. Very good. Yep. It's called Spiritual N-Word. I won't say it, but that's what it's called. It's, sure. on Dis- it's on Disney. But in the front row is Killer Mike. You know Killer Mike from Run the Jewels? Yeah. He's yeah. sitting in the front row next to Susan Sarandon. They're just in the front row. Good on her. Yeah. I just mean. Hanging out. Maybe she was working for Ghostbusters. <laughs> is that Sigourney Weaver? Yes. That is Susan Sigourney- Sarandon. That, that's Sigourney <laughs> Weaver. Yep. All right. See, it'll never. It's a, it's a curse. Hey, we're going to take um, a short break. Here's some messages, and we'll be right back after these. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. Yeah, I could, de- I could definitely hear the, the Madison Avenue in this. But I also, in 2001, I'm now remembering, there's a few obscure songs that I can hear that re- that I recall just vaguely having heard once or twice, you know, the way that you're like, oh, was that a dream that I had? Yeah. Um, But I used to, well, I, I taught dancing from like 1999 to 2010 or something, and there were so many songs that you had to go through to listen to and particularly like anything that had a 4-4 beat, yep. a very regular kind of, you could almost blend them all into one. You could do the same dance to all of them. So were you teaching um, kids? I was teaching kids. So you also would have had to make sure that there was no swearing or sexual Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I was having to go and, you know, if no one riding too hard on someone, you know, all of that stuff. It was just a lot of step together, step clap, you know. If I yeah. really, given the curry that my soul wanted to, those kids would have been doing much more inappropriate moves. See, but, it, oh, sorry, go on. No, I, no, I'm I'll let you finish and then I want to tell you my my experience with uh, dance. Okay. Um, But there were these, I was also teaching water aerobics at the time. Bonkers, I know. But they used to send out cassette tapes or they became CDs, but I think in 2001 they may have still even been cassette tapes that had the top 20 songs that it must have been a licensing thing or maybe it was like a um you know like a label thing where they would send out you can use all of these in your aerobics class or your acrobics class or your les mills whatever but they because they either license free low license cost or the label had signed these new up-and-comers and they were trying to get their music out there because it wasn't being played on the radio so they'd play it like you know in in dance yeah schools and aqua aerobics classes and so i think that's why so many songs are triggering memories because i probably listened to them maybe a million times doing the class or maybe once and went oh that's far too explicit yeah. um and that's definitely one because my high school girlfriend was a music teacher oh. a dance teacher i mean my wife is a music teacher my high school girlfriend dance teacher and so reflections oh, dance studios she doesn't listen to this. no i i would have to go <laughs> go and support I was happy to support, but every second year it was we're going to do a tribute to Michael Jackson. Every, oh, like because obviously they do it not do it one year and go. Ah, oh, I like it when you played Michael Jackson songs, and so the, yeah. the following year, all right, here we go, tribute to Michael Jackson <laughs> every single time. Oh, if there is not, uh, you know, sixteen to eighteen year old jazz class. Yeah. that isn't doing a high kick to Billie Jean, then are you even a dance school? You know, and then the three guys who were in the dance, the entire school, just the three guys would come out and do their break dancing and it'd be like everyone would go crazy. Yes. Yeah. Um, See, I, I taught that class, boys hip yep. hop. I taught yep. that class. My friend Yannis um, would spin on his head. People would go absolutely <laughs> out of their mind and then he'd get up and do a backflip. The current equivalent is the single dad taking his kids out to the park. And yeah. everyone going, look at him. Oh, my God, man's done a thing. It started. Oh, when, when I would push, when my kids were little enough, they would be in the pram. 
I would get so many compliments. Oh, look at you. Oh, aren't you a good dad? Aren't you? Oh. My, my wife would take them out so much and say, like, she'd just get people going, that one needs a hat. He needs, <laughs> he needs his socks on. It'd be like nothing, nothing but insults. All right. Exactly. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. To quote, oh, sorry. I was no, going go to, I was going to quote the great, I was going to say, to quote the great Daniel Sloss, you did the bare minimum. Yes, I did. The bare <laughs> minimum. All right. We're going to move on. Another Spice Girl. This is the second time uh, she's been on the pod solo. This is Mel B and her oh. song, Feels So Good. <laughs> I'm going to get all soft and smooch yet. Is the crackles disconcerting, isn't it, when you're yeah. doing a podcast? You're like, oh, no, my, my equipment's gone. There's the chorus again. It's like, yeah, it's like it's almost my favourite song. Yep. You know, like it's all the elements are there. Is there an artist you think it sounds together. like? I can't. I, no, to be honest, for that one, I couldn't pick it. Okay, is there could, one that is echoing for you? Well, now I only because I know who wrote this song. Then I'm like, okay, oh. this sounds like the, they would have written it for the, this artist, but she was like, ah, oh, nah, that's no, all right. Thanks. So it's written by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who is Janet Jackson's songwriting team. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that checks out heaps. Yeah. Mel B also wrote it, and uh, she's coming off, a, coming off a breakup. So she was Mel G. Now she's back to Mel B. Okay. Uh, so she And that breakup we talked about on a previous uh, show, that guy, not a good guy. Uh, never get with your backup dancers, people. That's just a – just put it out there. Backup never, dancers are trouble. Like, I mean, yeah. Britney's – Britney's I know. Double down on that. Kevin yeah. and the, the other guy. Uh, okay, so this album was from Hot. Not a hit. Uh, we mentioned that uh, Jerry only sold 9,000 copies in the first week. This only sold 7,000 copies in the first week. Oh, no. And then dropped out of the charts two weeks later. So this was a real uh, effort for the label to try and boost sales. This did all right. It got into number five in the UK charts. Okay. Uh, part of the song has her yelling yippee in the background, uh, which I don't know how many words they tried before they settled on yippee. <laughs> Yeah, that's dire, isn't it's, it? Yippee! Um, no surprises. Enemy also hated this. They were just on a tear of anything Spice Girls. Oh, these hated. are the ones who like the yeah. reviewing. Yeah, these are these are so Enemy hated hated anything. So they what they didn't like about this song is that she starts it with her Yorkshire accent. I think that's great. I think that's oh we're going to get too. smoochy. I think it's this is me too a brilliant way to. I I like 
talking at the start of songs. I like it's almost like we get a little sneak into the recording yeah. studio. Going, all right, let's yes. do it. Yeah. And and what they've chosen to put there of what she said, I'm going to get a little soft and smoochy. Yeah. Cute, fun, yeah. perfect. Oh, I can't, but it's absolutely Janet Jackson vibes though. That like boom, 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 that bass sound and the heavy on the backup vocal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. That's all I've got to say about Mel B because I want to okay. get to this song, Please. which I think it could be the best song we're going to hear in all of the podcasts that I've done. Oh, I don't wow. think, I don't okay. think it's much better than this. This is Missy, <gasps> Missy Elliott, Missy Elliott and her song, Get Your Freak On. Oh. said the Mel B song, I was like, all the elements are there, but they just don't quite come together. Yep. That, chef's kiss. It's still getting played. It's still getting played in sports stadiums all around the world. Gets people pumped up. They love it. Uh, So this is from her third studio album, Miss E, So Addictive. Uh, It's when people do greatest songs of the 2000s, when they do these big lists, this generally makes the top 20 every single time. Yeah. Uh, I played the... uh, Radio edit, uh, but the on the album it starts, it starts with a Japanese uh, just sentence. It translates oh. to "Everyone start dancing together wildly now. Let's make some noise. So let's make some noise." So that was not the version. Okay. Uh, we haven't we, we've mentioned Missy Elliott in the past because she's written some songs for people, uh, yeah. and she's produced some things. But this is the first time we've had one of her songs on. So here's some facts about her: lived a very hard life, grew up Ooh. in a very abusive house. And when she was very young, she would write letters to Michael and Janet Jackson, begging them to rescue her from her impoverished life. <gasps> and then years later, she worked with Janet. Isn't that incredible? Oh, that's so incredible. When they, I mean, you may not know this, but did they know, did Janet know that when they worked together? I think she knew that she was a huge fan. I don't think she knew that she wrote the letters. But yeah. Oh my goodness! But yeah, wow. Do you reckon Missy Elliott's going to tell her when they first meet? Going, hey, just so you know, I used to write you letters. Or do you reckon you'd keep that yes. to yourself? You would probably be play- playing it cool if you got to work with Janet. And then later, I reckon after the record's done, yeah. And then in that moment, Janet reaches into her pocket and says, oh, "Are you the Melissa <laughs> Elliott that wrote this letter?" And she's had it on her person ever since. Just like the end of Stan. Yeah. Uh, as a kid, wow. Missy Elliott, super smart, very, very smart. So smart she skipped two grades in school. Wow. 
She hated that though. So this is how smart she was. On purpose, flunked every class so she could go back to her normal grade with her friends. Oh. Yeah. That's... Uh, in oh. 1993, she made her debut mainstream um, single for Raven Simone. Uh, yes. She wrote, she wrote and produced it, credited as her real name, Melissa Elliott. Uh, she has a rap verse on it. and uh, But then the music video, she's not in it. They get a thinner and lighter-skinned actress who'd lip-sync the part. Ugh. I mean, yep, that's a whole other podcast, isn't it? Well, we've, we've talked, there's been a few bands who have done this. Um, some knew they were doing it. Some didn't know. Missy falls in the latter camp. Didn't know. Didn't know it was going to happen. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. Meanwhile, there was, like, young girls at home watching video clips like me who was like, well, I guess I just never eat again to try and be as attractive as these women. And then the actual genius is at home going, I can't even get in my own video clip because, yeah. you know. Well, they told her. Booty. They didn't tell her. They, they didn't tell her they were shooting video, and then of course it came out. Raven Simone at that stage, big star. She's on Hang Hanging Mr. Cooper. She's mm. just done the Cosby Show. Uh, yeah. And they told her oh, you didn't quite fit the image. I'm so Raven. For. Is that out yet? That that's coming out later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, that's so Raven. Not I'm so Raven. That's so Raven. Yep. Yeah. Apologies. Uh, Missy Elliott, also the only female rapper in history with five platinum albums. No one else has done that. All right, we're going to move on. This is a song I I don't think I've ever heard before. It's not available on any streaming service, but some of her other songs are. This is Nivea, like the skin brand, and their okay. song, Don't Mess With The Radio. Here we go. It's really good, Nikki. It's a really good song. It's a great song. I do remember. I remember that one vividly. Well, see, I don't. But I, it, it got to fourteen here in Australia, so it must have been mm. played a fair bit. If it got to fourteen, mm. uh, you know, was, when you um, do, do you ever hear a song and you're you don't realize that you know the lyrics to a song? Yes, 
And then yep. the song starts playing and you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, my mouth is making the movements of the next word that comes in this song. That's a bit like that for me. Welcome to the last year and a half of my life doing this podcast. <laughs> it's like every every episode there's a song on there. I don't know this song. And then I listen to it. I'm like, I, I know every single word of this song. Even yeah. I can tell you who, who it's by. Uh, yeah. So this was produced by a group called Organised Noise. Uh, they'd also worked on TLC's Waterfalls. Oh <gasps> Yes, that checks out. And Vogue's Don't Let Go. And Outcast So Fresh and So Clean. Oh, three. my gosh. Three absolute but bangers. If, if you had to – absolute bangers, but also like so – just like, you know those songs that really take you straight back to a moment in time? Yeah. Those three, wow. Yeah. Uh, so she got her first break in the industry uh, on Bad Bad Man, Mr. Cool's song. We talked about him a few weeks ago. He's a bad man. Uh, mm. It's called – the song was called Danger, Been So Long. So she worked as a uh, backing vocalist on that and knocked out of the park, got signed. Uh, but don't don't stress thinking, oh, no, she worked with a terrible man because she then worked with an even worse man in 2003. R. Kelly uh, was on a song with her. Oh, no. And in that film clip is the comedian and man who does not know what a condom is, Nick Cannon. This is a guy who has 12 kids. Um, oh, boy. So she followed this song up, Don't Mess With The Radio, with a song called Don't Mess With My Man. She really loved Don't Mess In The Titles. She doesn't want to anyone messing with nothing. And so this is this is what Nivea is probably most known for because she uh, dated Lil Wayne. So December 11, they became, in 2022, they became engaged. Uh, and then she said uh, how he proposed. In 2022? 2002. Oh, 2002, sorry. A, a yeah. year after this comes out, okay? Okay. So he, he said, I've got you a Christmas present. You're going to love it. It's going to make you smile. So he got down his knee and he was like, I know I'm young, but I've been through enough relationships to know and understand the meaning of what love is. And she said it was just perfect. And he told her that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with her and he loved me. And she said it was all snot and tears. And then she spoke, she wanted to have a son with the rapper because he already had a little girl and he just wanted to give her a son. And then said that Wayne was her first love and they got married and and then in August 2003, they, they caught it off. Um, no, they didn't get oh. married, sorry. They didn't get married. They did, were just engaged. But then a year later, they caught it off. Uh, she then married oh. a guy called uh, Terrius Nash, a songwriter and producer. They had three kids together, but then they divorced in 2007. And after the divorce, her and Lil Wayne back together. What? And then stayed with him after he had a had a son with his ex-girlfriend in 2008. So they got together in 2007 and then he got his ex pregnant in 2008 and then... Or or did he... And this is me just absolutely giving Lil Wayne the benefit of the doubt, which is the reason why I keep getting burned by men like this in relationships as well. But maybe he got pregnant to the ex before they got together in 2007 and then couldn't he... Let's give him the let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay, I'm I'm with you, Any little chance? Wayne. Okay, okay. So they got yeah. Anyway, then in 2009, while he was engaged to Nivea, um, he got another woman pregnant, Laura London. Okay, uh, Lil Wayne, you have you have stretched my good <laughs> my good uh what is what am I looking for my good favor? Yeah, but they stay together. They stay together. Um, because what? Yeah, because uh, she, she was expecting a child with Little Wayne as well. Oh! And so then they gave birth 
in uh, 2009, November 30. Uh, and then um, then they broke up in 2010 uh, for the second time. Yeah. So there okay. we go. Well, I just hope... I just hope Nivea is loving her life now and I also hope Lil Wayne stops making more Lil Wayne's. Yeah. <laughs> or or at this. least puts more thought into them. Yes. All right, we're going to move on. We've talked about her in the past, we've talked about a lot in the past actually. This is Aaliyah and her song, <gasps> We Need a Resolution. She was, it, it's so good. Like, it's one of those things where every time I hear, like, this is produced by Timberland as well. He just knows how to make stuff Checks that sounds out. timeless. Yeah. Like, c- yeah. comparing this to, you know, it's it's a bit unfair to compare this with Serena Paris earlier. But, you know, they're in the same industry. Well, so you're her 14-year-old compared. niece was producing this. Yes, so. that's true. <laughs> she has a lot less experience than Timberland, I guess. So, uh, Aaliyah was, was filming the film Queen of the Damned in Australia while she was uh, recording this. And so they oh, brought wow. out a whole team of people to come out to Australia to help her get the album out. Uh, yeah. Timberland did not come out, though. He was, had other commitments. Uh, and so they gave him this song and said, can you do this? And it was, they said, this will be the first single. But then they didn't trust him to get it done in time. Maybe he'd been a bit flaky in the past. Oh. And so they were going to go with another okay. uh, single. But then... He got it done. He finished the time in, in a week, came through the goods. Uh, but though weirdly, they'd, they'd had success with Try Again just a yes. year before. Dust Great song. Self off and Try Again. Yeah. Number one, this didn't. This only charted at number 59 on the Billboard charts in, in the States, um, which is kind of weird. Although post-death, uh, uh, she it's like people have ranked all her songs. Complex, the hip-hop uh, website, had this is her eighth best song of her entire career. Wow. Yeah. How many how many did Alia put out in her So this is her third album. And then there was some stuff that she kind of guested on and then uh uh-huh. Try Again was for a film uh soundtrack. And mm. then yeah, so she had a lot of stuff out there and then there was other stuff that came out after she died, but uh mm. this was yeah. Uh so this was released in April, four months later, sadly. She died. Mm. Uh, But here's something that I didn't know. I didn't know that she was originally um, 
she was considered for the role in Charlie's Angels, the one that went to Lucy Liu. Interesting. So it would have been Cameron, Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, Aaliyah. Wow. That would have been amazing. I mean, I feel like that really launched Lucy Liu's career. Yeah. I mean, so she, that... had, she had Alec McBeal. She was already like a oh, name from that. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I think so too because the uh, what's Outcast song, um, Heya, references yeah. all your Beyonce's and Lucy Liu's, Get on the Floor. Get on the Floor. That was 2003 that came out. That's 20 years ago. Both yeah. those women still in the public eye. You can play that song and people still know who you're talking about. Unlike yeah. in, in Crazy in Love, Beyonce, where Jay-Z does a rap where he goes, like Nick Van Exel. Do you know Nick Van Exel? No. No, exactly. No one knows. He's a basketball player for the LA Lakers around to, that time. No one knows who he is anymore. To be fair, it is hard to rhyme, can't get next to. Yeah. With anyone else's name, but I'm with you. Don't be dropping celebs that are going yeah. out of the spotlight. Yeah. Lucy Liu yeah. and Beyonce, yeah, rock solid. Also, Aaliyah, like all these years later, posthumously still such a revered queen. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. Oh, R.I.P. Also, side note, um, I'm um. I'm filming a comedy special uh, for, 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 no, for whichever streamer may offer to buy it. Um, but my D- DOP, direct, like the, the man who's shooting it, is currently in the US shooting a film clip for Timberland. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that's a connection to Timberland. Great, great connection. Song. All right, yeah. this is our last song, Nikki. It's, it's October 20 if anyone wants to come along to the filming. In Sydney? In Sydney, the Grand Electric. Oh, that'd be great. That's where um, yeah. Taunts and Hing film this, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great. All right. We're going to move. Our, our final song, Little Close. Nepo Baby. His name is Little Romeo, and this is his song, um, My Baby. Can I request a song? Yeah. My Baby. <laughs> You know, obviously, agencies, production companies, whoever was going, okay, people love kids. Let's do this. Let's get them singing. Yeah. Um, and it is so, it is weird. Yeah. Well, we've, it? we've had Brandy. We've had Aaron Carter on the show. Now we've got Little Romeo. Mm. He also also went on to Nickelodeon fame with his own show called Romeo after this. Went for three right. seasons. Really? Uh, so his dad is rapper and actor Master P. His uncle 
who he mentions, he names, checks him in this song, is Monica's ex, uh, not from Friends, but the singer Monica, uh, C-Murder, uh, who I mentioned last time, went oh. to jail for murder. He's also, he's the man that um, Kim Kardashian's trying to free from prison. Do you know when she's meeting up with uh, Trump and going to the White House and she's getting her law degree? So yeah. she can, yeah, C-Murder is one, one of the people that she's got on her list say she doesn't believe he did it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm so, he, so glad you did, when you said a Nepo baby about little Romeo, I'm really glad you gave me the background because yeah. I did not know who who no. he was Nepoing from. Well, uh, so he was 11 when this came out. In the song, he talks about he's very good at basketball. He's like Kobe Bryant, um, which is, you know, that's, that's a basketball player that people still know, okay? Yeah. yeah. So Again, RIP. Yes. Bryant. In high school, Jeez. his high school was Beverly Hills High, 90210. That was his high school, the same one Dylan and Brenda went to. Uh, and then he got a scholarship to go to University of Southern California. But how he got it is a little bit weird. So in 2007, he was very good friends with another kid called DeMar DeRozan. Now, DeMar DeRozan, Nikki, was ranked the fifth best high school basketballer in the country. So every college wanted him. Little Romeo and DeMar, very good friends. So apparently, Little Romeo was driving DeMar DeRozan in the car and then they called the University of Southern California and little Romeo said, hey, if you want DeMar uh, DeRozan to commit to your school, you need to give both DeMar and me a scholarship to play basketball. Oh. And they went, okay, absolutely, DeMar DeRozan, fantastic. And so, Shut up. Yeah, they both went to USC. Um, On a piggyback best friend scholarship. Yeah, DeMar only lasted one year at the school. Oh, because, because he was picked up to play basketball? Exactly right. He went pro. He was drafted by the Toronto Raptors, number nine. He went early right. because his mum has lupus, and so he was like, I need to earn money so I can afford for all her hospital bills. Oh. Little Romeo, oh. he lasted two years before being cut. So so once they'd known they had DeMar, they were like, we don't need you. Little Romeo, sorry, off, off your pop. Yeah. Also, I feel like if he's – if I mean, I would assume that there's a fair bit of money in the family with those kind of big name. And also he'd, he'd done three seasons of a Nickelodeon show. I'd say he's getting some money from that as well. Yeah. Enough to put yourself through uni. At this point I feel like there might be someone in the state of California that was possibly on harder times than Lil yeah. Romeo and could have really done with that scholarship. So I'm going to, you know <laughs> – Hopefully it made you a stronger person than Romeo, but also step aside, brother. Yeah, he's, he's still in the eye. He was in Dancing with the Stars in America. He still, he still gets out really? there. Really? Yeah, he does all those things. Wow. All right, that's it. That's the 10 songs. What we do now, Nikki, we go through them all and we, you tell me if you think it's a hit or not. So we're going to okay. start all the way back. Panow, Follow Me. Was that a hit? Gosh, it was so long ago now. Yeah, hit. Okay. We'll say hit. Jerry Halliwell, if you want them. Jerry Halliwell, scream if you want to go faster. Look, I'm going to give it to Jerry and say here. Great. Take that, enemy. Uh, Serena Paris, look at us. No. (laughs) There you go. So that's your question. They cannot all be hits. Uh, Groove Amada, super styling. Absolute banger. Your mate, your farmer mate. Great. My Uh, my farmer mate in the Cotswolds. Sergeant Slick, let it ride. Oh, yeah. I reckon that's that's hit worthy just. All right. Mel B, feel so good. Just all the bits didn't come together, Mel. Yeah. 
All right. I'm going to say no for me. That's fine. Missy Elliott, get your freak on. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Massive hit. Uh, Nivea, don't mess with the radio. Great hit. Great song. Good song, yeah. I really like it. Aaliyah, yeah. we need a resolution. Always. Queen Aaliyah, yes. Hit. And our final song, Lil Romeo, My Baby. No, thank you. I mean, it is hot. <laughs> I know. It the Jackson 5 are doing not... a lot of the heavy lifting. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I was going to say it's hard to not say it was a hit given the the huge success that was existing yes. for that song before Lil Romeo thought to redo it. But well, no. He's... Well, that, my good friend Nicky Britton, was 7 out of 10. That's 70% hits. That's pretty good. It's very yeah. good, actually. Although, yeah. I feel like those, that should be... A very generous 70% hits volume, Nicky Brennan, is how that should be dressed up. Well, I think we had more hits on this side than we had on side A. So just so, really? just so you know, I think, yeah, I think Michael Hing gave it uh, five five hits out of the ten. I you've, mean, he's, you've given he's, it a seven. Brutal, he's a brutal man, though. Yeah, We all hey, know that side A was better. Thank you so much for doing this, Nicky. So you've got your special, you're filming, what, October twenty. October 20 in Sydney at the Grand Electric. Um, it's the very first time I've ever filmed anything like that. So uh, it's a fun show. I did it in Comedy Festival this year in Melbourne and Sydney and I'm bringing it back and I'm very excited. So, yeah, come along. Excellent. So make sure you do that if you're in Sydney. If you're in Melbourne, I'm doing my live uh, Don't You Know Who I Am's in November at the Catfish every Sunday at 4 o'clock. Get a ticket and then after the show, I'll be doing a work in progress of my new show and then – other people who are on the pod will jump up and do new material as well. Oh, great. And if you don't follow me on the socials, I announce what the new podcast is after this because we've only got two more episodes to go of this one. So uh, go on uh, and look up uh, Four Burners with Josh Earl. It's the new podcast that we start. Probably I'll probably take two weeks off after this. So it'll be up on the podcast and also it'll be as a full YouTube as well so you can see us actually talk to each other in the studio together. So that's going to be all happening around probably middle of October when Nikki's got to film her stuff. That's what I'll be doing as well. Great, Great. perfect. Hey, thanks everyone for being Patreon subscribers as well. You're the absolute best. Go to patreon.com slash DYKWIA and join join the Gompies there. I'll see you next time. Thanks, Nikki. Bye. My pleasure. Thanks, Joshelle. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.